0: I'm Sarah Gonzalez. Welcome to the news and why it matters Friday edition. So, Mr. Pat Gray is here again. Yes!
1: Yay! Yay.
0: <laughs> Every time you sound so excited to be here. I am. And I, I am. appreciate it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, Stu. What's your top story?
1: Uh, I don't want to be, you know, the clickbait guy. I don't want to be salacious and like overdoing it to get people eyeballs. Um, but I ha- today I kind of have to. Uh, we're going to do cost-benefit analysis. Oh wow!
2: <laughs> so obviously a sexy topic. Mm-hmm. Oh, so man. sexy!
0: Wow, I can't wait to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, what's your We're Want to
2: talk about the uh, early morning raid on Roger Stone today?
0: All right, Jason.
3: Yeah, I gotta agree. Um, Roger Stone's famous for saying it's your turn in the uh, you know in the barrel, and it's definitely his turn in the mm-hmm. barrel right now.
0: Before we get into uh, Stu's really salacious, clickbaity, topic. I mean,
1: we can start with Roger Stone today. Uh, that's fine <laughs> with me. We can do BNB. I'm fine with that. <laughs> Before
0: that's- we get into that, I want to thank our sponsor, Relief Factor. Uh, so Relief Factor is there for you if you have tried a bunch of pharmaceutical drugs and you still have this ongoing pain. I know a lot of Americans are constantly in pain. Uh, I was one of them. I had a bunch of uh, disc problems from a car accident. And relief factor is the only thing that has worked for me to control my pain. I tried acupuncture. I tried massage. I tried, uh, you know, pharmaceutical products. This is the only thing that has controlled my pain. I know for Glenn, it has worked miracles for him. Um, and he was in a lot worse off shape than I was. So I know Jason's tried it. He's, he was in the military and also is getting super old. So <laughs> just things start to hurt. <laughs> um, but it actually, it attacks the inflammation, which a lot of people don't realize is the main source of their pain. You can go to relieffactor.com now. Try the three-week quick start pack for $19.95. 70% of the people who try that go on to buy it again. It's working for them. It can work for you. It's definitely worth a $19.95 investment to see if you can be out of pain. That is relieffactor.com. All right, Stu. Stu.
1: Give it to us. I'm offering again. We can go with the big story of the day. We can lead Roger Stone if you want. I'm totally fine with that.
0: Okay, okay. let's talk about Roger no, Stone. No, this first. is
1: too salacious. Okay. I think it's. I, cost, I, I think it's well. Here's the
2: city. thing: no, is
0: that we want to leave the viewers <laughs> wanting more. Okay. And so with that intro, they're going to be like, I have to keep listening. I have to keep watching for right. this big story. Mm-hmm. So we'll save it. Okay, let's, let's uh, go back to it. Okay, Roger Stone first. Yeah, let's talk about <laughs> Roger Stone. Pat, I'll let you start.
2: All right. Well, I was glad to see that the FBI uh, rolled up with a brigade of uh, assault rifle-wielding uh, <laughs> soldiers, essentially.
3: I thought they were filming a
2: sequel to Zero Dark Thirty. And that's that's what, what I thought amazing. it was, I a movie There were more guys in this raid than I think attacked Osama bin Laden's compound. <laughs> yeah. And it was a good thing they came prepared, because when 66-year-old Roger Stone showed up in his jammies brandishing a shampoo bottle, uh, that could have been a bloodbath. And I, I'm just thankful that it wasn't. But... They bust in on him at 6 a.m. They're screaming, FBI, open the door. FBI, open the door. Well, he's probably in a dead sleep at 6 a.m. and give him a second, maybe. I don't, (laughs) I mean, I I, I don't, I don't, he lied, right, to, uh, to prosecutors, supposedly. And for that offense, you show up like this. It just seems a little like overkill and quite a nice show. Uh, an anti-Trump kind of show is what it looks like to me.
0: It also makes you wonder why CNN was the only. And how did they have that? that? Yeah, just randomly knew before they busted him. Yeah, pretty that interesting. They were going to be there.
1: Yeah, you didn't hear the they uh, they asked him about that. Uh, why were you there? And because he was, I think it was a local reporter the who reporter, gave it in as an exclusive to CNN. Uh, but he just said reporter intuition. It was just uh, well, reporter was just intuition. <laughs> reporter instinct, and maybe word. <laughs> and it's like. Really? You just thought, I'm just going to hang out at Roger Stone's uh, house at 5 a.m. today. Just see what happens. Like, maybe something will happen. Maybe a jogger will run by or he'll get busted by the FBI. Who right. knows? You'd, it could you be either know. one.
3: You don't know. Uh, and that reporter intuition was later clarified unusual as... Unusual activity, activity. at the Justice Department. Unusual activity. Which immediately means Roger Stone. Yes. yes. Right. Automatically means Roger Stone. Every time.
0: Like, there's some unusual activity going on here. Up, oh, Roger Stone. Got to take Twice a place Twice as, as many house.
3: clerks walked into that courthouse <laughs> that day. Roger Stone. Don't yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, Roger Stone, if you care about the truth at all,
1: Roger Stone is not a good guy. No, he right. has been a, a complete liar, in my opinion, for multiple decades. He is the, he's, he's a person that I'm amazed hasn't already been in jail this whole time. He's that type of guy. And he's the type of guy that, you know, Donald Trump should not ha- have anywhere near him. In fact, you know, if you remember early in the campaign, Stone was actually with the campaign and then they mm-hmm. separated publicly and privately, there's a little question about how much they separated, but they've separated publicly because I think both Stone and Trump know they shouldn't be seen together if this guy's going to be president of the United States. I mean, uh, he and I know, Jason, you have the details on the on the uh, actual um, charges, but the, the, the overall um, thing, I think, as far as is it relevant to the presidency is, you know, we, we talked about this at the beginning. You know, I've had lots of uh, issues with Trump and uh, was not optimistic mm-hmm. about his presidency. We've covered many times the things that have exceeded my expectations. He's done a lot of things that I did not think he would do. But one of the real problems uh, I had with him at the beginning was the people he was surrounding with. Uh, yeah. I mean, Paul Manafort. Uh, we, we, we made a big list of this at the beginning. These people should not be anywhere near Donald Trump. And listen to the names. It's like Paul Manafort, uh, Roger Stone, Omarosa, Michael Flynn, yeah. um, you know, uh, Steve Bannon, and uh, there's Jeez. one other. Oh, Michael Cohen was the other big one. <laughs> I mean, all of these people have come back to burn Donald Trump in one way or the other. And we said a million way. times
2: during the campaign, none of those people were good influences. Yeah, none no. of
1: those people are good advisors. Or competent.
2: Or competent. None of them. shouldn't
1: be around the president. No. And so I I think that lesson has long been learned by Trump. I mean, the reason why, you know, these people aren't back in his orbit, uh, largely because I think he's learned that lesson. But uh, and he's replaced them with some of them with much better people. I just I I, I think this is one of those situations where he is, I think, unquestionably uh, in massive trouble. And he is a a massive liar. And honestly, the, the only good thing about that is that will be his defense. Uh, yes, these things are in text from me to the of the administration, but I was lying because I'm a liar. And I, I, honestly, he'll say he's a hype man. I, I was trying to make myself look better. I was trying to see make myself look like the guy who's in charge. With, I'm in touch with all the information. I've got all these secret connections. You need me. And he's going to act as if that was the real thing. Whether that's true, Jason, I mean, in, indications in the report kind of say, say that he did have more information uh, than, you know, the, the, what he's saying now, kind of denying he was actually in the know. I mean, you know, the documents kind of say otherwise.
3: Yeah, they they, they say a lot, really. And I, I think this kind of signals the end of the, the beginnings of the end of this investigation. I, I think that it is winding down now. Um, but whichever side you're on, you're either going to you're probably going to be very, very disappointed, I think, at the end of this. Um, disappointed as in on the on the Trump side, uh, if how I'm about to lay this out, if it goes in this direction, Donald Trump could be in a lot of trouble here, actually, if it goes in a certain way. Uh, on the other side, um, this could mean because it's, none of this, none of the stuff in the indictment shows Russia collusion. Um, it's you're going to have a hard time proving uh, anything along those Which lines. Which is kind of
2: what they set out to do in the first place, right? <laughs> and have they found. As far as we know, they've found zero
3: collusion from anybody so far. So so the indictment, uh, and again, it reads like stereo instructions, but um, it's very hard to go through these because it's legally, there's only so many things they can say as far as names. So you'll see person one, person two, organization one, all that stuff. These are the people, the main people involved in the indictment. So there's organization one, which is WikiLeaks. There's head of organization one, which is Julian Assange. And then person one that helped out Roger Stone, that Roger Stone was in contact with, um, is Jerome Corsi. So this is the uh, Infowars uh, reporter. Uh, he Rode was that Daily Earther yep. guy. Yeah, he was helping to reach out to uh, Julian Assange. He knew somebody uh, in WikiLeaks. But the, he's kind of like uh, almost like a secondary person in this whole thing. The main person is Person Two, who is Randy Critico, I believe is how you say his name. And Randy Credico is a, like a comedian DJ in New York, something like that. I had the hardest time just fe- figuring out why he was relevant to WikiLeaks on this. But it sounds like, through reading the indictment, he knew the lawyer for Julian Assange. So every time Roger Stone, to make a long story short, wanted to know what was going on or if they had more information or what the content was, he would reach out to Credico, and then Credico would pass on that information to uh, the WikiLeaks people. And he was actually getting uh, good information. Um, this and this goes into the of the reason why he he's caught red-handed lying to this. He said he didn't have any email confer- uh, communications or text uh, communications um, asking this information or pumping them for information. Straight up lie. The, the the FBI Mueller has all of that. So he lied to Congress when he said he, he didn't uh, communicate this stuff. Now he's also getting nailed for uh, intimidating a witness, and that again intimidating critical. Because once this relationship started going south. He straight up was like, um, you know, I will get my lawyers on you if you tell the truth. Do not tell the truth. Don't talk to them. And then when Credico did, it went as far as him threatening to take his dog. So he's threatening <laughs> the man's dog, which should be an additional indictment on top of that, because you don't threaten a man's pet. Um, so, um, I've seen a picture of the dog, too. It's very cute. It's very cute. It's very fluffy. <laughs> so, 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 he, so he's definitely going down. Another, another person that was, is in this, and this is how it connects to the Trump campaign, is the other person uh, named is Senior... Uh, campaign official which we now know is um, uh steve bannon um it all, it shows like a direct uh, communication uh email in the indictment but the new york times and other news outlets have had this a while ago which says word for word in that email but it has steve bannon in the to and from uh you know field of the email in the other in the indictment it doesn't say anything but steve bannon was told hey By Roger Stone. This is the information I got. There's going to they do have information. Um, It's I think he said that it's going to be about the uh, uh, the uh, the the Clinton Foundation. And there's going to be things dropping every week going forward after the big dump. So the Trump campaign didn't know about it. Now, the question is now this is where it could get bad for the uh, for for uh, President Trump. Did Paul Manafort lie in his, um, like Roger Stone did, did he lie in front of Congress and saying he talked to Roger Stone about this? Because if he did, he's probably going to prison as well. Mm-hmm. Now, do we really. You said uh, Manafort, you mean Bannon? I meant Bannon. Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah, sorry. <laughs> They're basically the same person. So, sorry, um, Bannon. So did then B- Bannon, who's in charge of the campaign at the time, did he relay that information onto the president? Now, if he did, what were the the president's already delivered some uh, written responses to questions to uh, Mueller? Right. Was that this seems like this is the line that Mueller's going in, you know, to to get them on? Did he lie about those converse, those conversations? Because then they're all caught in that same mm. line. So you can see this is why I think that it's starting to end. This is where he's going. Remember, Russian collusion hasn't been verified in any of these communications. They, it seems like they didn't even they don't know anything about Russians. It's just all about WikiLeaks. But mm. And WikiLeaks,
1: obviously, it's just a front for the Russian government at this point. I mean, I, I heard, I know you said. Confirmed. It, yeah. It was, you said earlier that it wasn't confirmed. It was certainly highly speculated on, though, yeah. at, at this
3: but, time. But what I meant by that was that, that was before uh, the FBI's indictment came down saying yeah. these are the Russians involved and yeah. this is how they got. It. it was very detailed. So there's like no question at all. The Russians were funneling this information at WikiLeaks.
1: Um, you know, they were they are a non-state uh what is it what's the term they always use the non-state uh actor, actor actor uh foe whatever it is um you know so they're known as an enemy of the state essentially and you know that was before all of this happened but trump liked obviously what they were doing at that time since then he's taken a you know since he's been in office he's done some stuff against uh wikileaks and assange and it kind of turned around on that because you know that relationship like, apparently is not so not so good um i i don't know I, again a lot of this is just, we know, we know Roger Stone. This, the idea that this is a witch hunt is not, I don't think, accurate, right? The only way it's a witch hunt is in the mind of the media because the media only cares about Donald Trump. I think if you're just saying, like, is this a witch hunt against Donald Trump? Well, I mean, I think at this point you still say yes, because we have no information that he did anything wrong whatsoever. However, the, he was surrounded by a bunch of awful people who individually should pay for the crimes that they, they committed. You know, Paul Manafort did these things. It had nothing to do with Donald Trump, but that doesn't mean Paul Manafort's not a criminal. And so it's not that they haven't found anything here. They haven't found anything, though, related to, as you point out, Pat, their main stated goal. And I think if they can't find something more concrete this, you know that's going to be I think a letdown for all of for for people who are looking at this and saying, "Was this worth it?" The one thing I'll add to this though is just because it's not named in this particular thing against Stone or Manafort or any of these other people does not mean he can't add charges later it's possible that you wouldn't want to put that stuff out into the public when you're still going after other people for the same types of things. You want to necessarily tip your hand on that part of the investigation. We can get this guy arrested right now so he doesn't flee, and we can charge him with the other stuff later. And that is a possibility, though there's no there's no indication yet that that's going on.
0: Um, I just want to just send a message out to everyone that if you are a criminal— probably not a good idea to sign on to uh, help a, a presidential campaign mm-hmm. or somewhere where you're going to be in or the Or constantly text eye.
1: about it later on. Right,
0: <laughs> right. It's probably not a good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. We're going to leave everyone on the edge of their seat when mm. we come back. The big clickbaiting story.
1: Mm-hmm. Get your wine. Just sit back. Put your robe on. Get ready. <laughs> it's going to get hot. Give it to us. All right, are you ready?
0: Uh, Yes, we're We're, ready.
1: We're talking cost-benefit analysis here. Oh my gosh, can you get prepared for something that? No, I don't think you can. But I'm just going to hit you with it, so you're ready. Um, Actually, what this I think tells uh, all of us is, and the Republican Party in particular. How to talk about things, and this is actually very interesting. I think so. There's a couple things that are out. Uh, let me give you some polling data. This is on. First of all, we'll go. We'll start with climate change. These are a couple separate polls, but they all tell us the exact same thing. Is climate change happening? Well, uh, most people say uh, the answer to that is yes. They think 71% uh, believe that it is happening. Now, this is a very strange second result, which is: Is it is climate change caused entirely or mostly by humans? And 72% say that. So I don't know why people would, would believe, more people believe that it's caused by humans than it's real. So I don't know how, how that's a wow. that's a thing, but it just, that just made me laugh. So, but this is the, so everyone's like, oh, it's real. That means we have to act, right? 72% of people say we have to act. It's caused by humans. We've got to do something. Well, the numbers change when you give a cost. Yes, it's easy to give a benefit. A benefit analysis is, is just dumb. Right? You're just saying, oh, I'm getting a lot of free stuff, and of course I like free stuff. A cost-benefit analysis, when you're adding in the actual cost of what's happening, this is where things change just a tad. So for climate change, remember, 71% think it's real and it's man-made. When you say, would you pay $1 extra on your electric bill per month, to fight climate change, that number drops to 57%. $1 extra. Now, we all know it would be a lot more than $1, right? So they elevated this a little more and asked again, would you pay $10 on your electric bill to fight climate change? Answer, Mm. (laughs) 28%. So we are really chipping away here. Uh, Then would you pay, I think it's $75 extra, which is probably more like what it would be. That number is 15%. Wow. I did add this last extra one on because it's just bizarre. Yet again, would you pay hundred dollars extra on your climate bill uh, to fight climate change? Sixteen percent. So there's one percent would say what? I would pay hundred, but not, 75. not seventy-five. <laughs> and that is seventy-five that person, is too little. Yeah, yeah that's I too little. To I 100. will only pay a hundred. Point though is like when you say, "Hey, climate change is a problem. Should we do something about it?" Yeah, we should. We should. Well, it well it'll cost you ten dollars. Oh God, no! Like that is really where the American people are because they look at these problems and they say everyone looks at this. And say, well, of course I love the environment. I love our planet. I want things to be you know better. Wait, it's gonna cost. You're gonna take money out of my pocket to do it. Well, of course not. The same thing is happening with now what looks like the litmus test to be a 2020 candidate for the Democratic Party, which is Medicare for all, single-payer health care. This is something that was rejected by the the Bill Clinton administration. This is something that has been seen as a socialist delight for many, many years, going back even to the 60s. Ronald Reagan was preaching against this. Even going to 2013, where Bernie Sanders uh, proposes uh, Medicare for all in 2013 and gets 0 co-sponsors on it. Now, all of the people that are running for president uh, support it. In fact, they're saying, basically, if you're not for this, there's no way you're winning this primary. So that's where we are now. However, the American people, and you'll hear this number thrown about a lot as we get close uh, here, the Kaiser Family Family Foundation, which is a big polling outfit when it comes to health care, and I would say uh, uh, friendly to things like Obamacare, not a conservative organization. Uh, They did a poll, uh, is, is Medicare for All popular? Uh, Do you support Medicare for all? And uh, that is uh, between uh, 42 and 56 percent say yes to that, depending on how you phrase it. Next, though. Uh, If it's a guarantee of health insurance as a right, this is the stuff that Democrats are really running on, right? Mm -hmm. Again, the numbers get even better. Uh, 71% say, yes, I want Medicare for all, and I want it to be a right. Absolutely, that makes a lot of sense. Now, these are benefit analysis. These are not cost-benefit analysis. These are benefits. Of course, it would be great if everyone had a right for health care. Let's say it all costs $0. Would we want a right for health care? Yeah, sure, why not? I guess it's great if everyone should have it. When they ask uh, a little bit more, when it says... Uh, when they start getting into a little of the details like this one, do you support Medicare for All after learning that a government-run health care could lead to delays in getting care, something we absolutely know will happen? It drops to 26% support. Now, that's just one of the many downsides of uh, Medicare for All. And the fact that it drops from 71 to 26 is a really big indication. They had another one they asked, and this one was, uh, support after learning a government-run health care could lead to higher taxes. There is absolutely zero question even the people proposing this are saying it's going to cost you $30 trillion over uh, over 10 years. We all know it's going to increase taxes, even if you think it's the greatest thing. That is fundamental to the actual proposal. When you say, hey, by the way, your taxes might go up a little bit, drops all the way to 37%. Combine that with the uh, the other uh, one with slower care. You're in a very small minority of people who would agree with either one of these proposals. And that is the lesson for Republicans. You have to be able to bring this back with polling like this and show the American people that it's not about just these flowery promises. These aren't Christmas presents. When you're a kid, your Christmas present comes without cost because Santa makes it at the North Pole for free. He flies it all around with the elves and the reindeer, and it gets there at no cost to you. However, if you had to spend your own money, people might not buy the same things. It's not a Christmas present. This is a cost-benefit analysis, and people and the American people... Well, they're not going to dive into a 1,000-page bill, can handle that analysis. They can handle, hey, wait a minute, yeah, this is, sounds like a good idea, but it's going to cost me money? Uh, that doesn't sound so good. Uh, and the politicians get away with just a benefit analysis way too much. It's Republicans'
3: job to make this case, and of course, as usual, they they are terrible at it. And what's crazy is the most radical versions of what I've heard so far, like in Ocasio-Cortez or people like Mm -hmm. that, which actually seems like the standard is going towards that radical. They're grouping both of those together. Like, her Green New Deal is included in that is Medicare for All, Mm. which is very strange. So you would be looking at an increase of maybe $75, uh, you know, a month on your electric bill, plus all those downsides for, you know, so it's not just one, it's not just, those aren't taken apart, they're together. You'd be paying more of literally for everything. Every single part of it. <laughs> and then you, I bet if
1: you, you pulled that with the amount of increase on health care and the amount of increase on uh, global warming together, I mean, I, I, if that cleared 10%, I'd be surprised. Even Democrats, obviously, oppose it in huge numbers when they're told what the thing costs. That's not that is, and that's, and I say it's Republicans' job to point it out. It is. It's really the job of journalists, though, Mm -hmm. to be able to do that very basic legwork of saying, well, yeah, there's two sides of this. Sure, we can all say what we want. Do you want? Do you want want a Ferrari, Pat? Yes. Of course you want a Ferrari. It's going to cost you three hundred thousand dollars. Do you still want the Ferrari? Yes,
2: I still want You just can't have it. You can't have it,
1: right? And we can't, we, we can't have these things. We can't have these things. We can't have these $30 trillion things. We're already in debt by too much. So hopefully, I mean, I know that was sexy, and I know all those graphs made people's sure heads was. spin a little bit. No, look at Sarah. I mean, she's, yeah, I, I understand it. Uh, but that is, the, that is an important part of the coverage. Every single time the media talks about one of these programs, that should be attached to it. So the American people can make, honestly, just a fair judgment. I'm not trying to talk them out of these programs. I, I mean, I am trying to talk them out of these programs. But, I mean, as far as a journalist goes, they don't have to do that. They just have to at least present both sides so that people can make judgments Mm -hmm. based in some realm of reality. They're not going to. They're just not going to. Uh,
0: Before we go, I want to thank our sponsor, Ridiazone. So, sorry for those of you who don't like it when I do this, but I used to be fat (laughs) and I'm not anymore. And, uh, You're I, lost, on yourself. I, I mean, lost the weight. I was pretty fat. I mean,
1: you know, yeah, I, mean? No, I mean, it's, there's a difference. I'll say that. Okay. There's a difference.
0: I was, uh, larger than I am now, about a hundred pounds. And I lost the weight. It took me two years, um, diet and exercise. And then I, I found it hard to maintain. And I think that that's the biggest issue that a lot of people run into. Mm-hmm, uh, you know, yeah. we do yo-yo dieting and fad dieting, and you end up gaining it back because maybe, you know, you have low metabolism. Or um, you just you know I kinda we blame, have
1: food all around us. That's I blame the food things. companies. I mean, mm-hmm. if these restaurants were not making foods like this, uh, that's why I'm suing. I'm starting a class action lawsuit. Are you? Yeah, because Against I Ta- mean, Taco, Bell, Taco just Bell just put out their nat- nacho cheese fries again. How about Chick Fil A too? Uh, Chick Fil A, like they should be they, chicken too too tasty. Chicken too tasty. <laughs> chicken too tasty. chicken too tasty. Chicken
0: too tasty. <laughs> so if you want to uh, get control over your health, uh, unlike these guys who don't want to take responsibility for mm-hmm. themselves, awesome. try own. It is. It's a capsule that contains the good molecule in olive oil that helps boost your metabolism, help you feel full. I use it. I love it. It's working for me. It can work for you. Go to ridyzone.com. That's R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E.com. Get 30% off of a three-month supply with promo code THEBLAZE. That's RIDYZone.com. We'll be back in just a minute. got a lot more coming up uh, in the after show. We're going to talk about uh, Kate Hudson, who has some parenting advice for everyone. Yeah. Very, very mm-hmm. important parenting advice. We also have, um, there is an indictment on Tom Brady. I don't know if you guys have heard um, by a 10-year-old boy.
1: He's agonizing. Is that, is that the indictment?
0: Yes, mm-hmm. actually. Good. Uh, it's, I support him. It's a very impressive <laughs> uh, analysis that we've got. And uh, Jason's got some boring stuff. I don't know, uh, Nicholas <laughs> Sandman. <We're, laughs> well, come on. coming up. But you can't watch it unless you have Blaze TV. If you have not already subscribed, go to blazetv.com. You can use promo code NEWS for $10 off of your annual subscription. A lot coming up and a lot of huge names that we have on the roster, and we're still adding them. You don't want to miss out. Go to blazetv.com. We are starting overtime right now.
3: Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free
1: trial at blazeTV.com.
0: Before we get into uh, really just really solid parenting advice from Kate Hudson, I want to thank our sponsor, Brick House. So BrickHouse has a couple different products that I love. Dawn to Dusk keeps me going on mm. days where I just have not slept, whether the news cycle has just been crazy that I've been up all night working
1: or, you know. Netflix ins- released a new series. That's my big thing. When they mm. released This mm. Ted Bundy thing they're doing now. Oh, my you gotta God. Say, I'm you got to stay all up all and all watch God. it. I,
0: I actually am really
1: excited all about yet, that. That looks amazing.
0: So if you're uh, a bum like Stu and uh, you don't sleep because you're watching Netflix or if you're just working, whatever, they have Dawn to Dusk. Uh, it helps you feel awake without the jitters. They also have Field of Greens, um, which I know Pat is also a big fan of because I he love hates it. all vegetables.
2: All, all f- for sure, all green vegetables. Yeah. The only vegetables I like are vegetables that really aren't that good for like you, like potatoes. corn, potatoes. <laughs> yeah.
0: Starchy vegetables. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but Field of Greens is its basically, I mean, it's real food just in <laughs> powdered form. So it's organic fruits and vegetables. One scoop is one full serving. You can put it into milk. What do you do you do smoothies? I just
2: put it in a smoothie.
0: Okay. So mm. I tried it in water.
2: It just makes it taste it's like Kool-Aid. So,
0: yeah, it's so good. Yeah, just good. with water. Yeah. Uh so you can go to brickhouseblaze.com, get 15% off of your first order by using promo code greens. If you don't like vegetables, this is uh, this is your resource right here, brickhouseblaze.com. Pat Kate Hudson
2: yeah, she's doing a really cool, really smart thing. Um, as a parent, she's raising her daughter to be genderless. And I think that's just so commendable. Finally, somebody somebody yeah. has said it. Let's just not thrust girlism or boyism on our children. Can mm-hmm. we not do that, please? That's a technical term. <laughs> and there she is. And I, you know, I, I hesitate to call her she because I don't know how she's identifying in that photograph. And I hate to be a sexist by saying she looks like a female, because what does a female really look like? I you mean, don't know. No you one don't knows. knows. No one knows. You don't know. It's like uh, you know, um, uh, an alien molecule. Right? We don't <laughs> right? know what it looks like. It <laughs> we don't, don't know. Mm-hmm. We just don't know. There's no way to tell. Um, but it's funny, because in the article, she talks about how feminine her daughter is. <laughs> it's kind of been decided, Puddin'. Your daughter is a girl. Razor is a girl. It's just so ridiculous. This ab- Wear CPS when you need them. Seriously, take that child away from her. That's ridiculous. She's proven she's not worthy to be a mother.
0: That, that was my favorite part of it. Well, she's acting very feminine right now.
2: I know. Like, I love that.
0: There's a well, reason for her yeah, that. Yeah, because
2: she is feminine. She's a girl.
0: And what? So. what's so interesting to me is that after you have children... Um, and you see young children's interaction when they're different genders, mm-hmm. you see how inherent it is. You I mean, do. It's just truly, my son was in an, uh, an art class when he was a toddler, and literally all of the boys were just running around chasing each other, and all of the girls were sitting there coloring. And, <laughs> yeah. and the moms, we were all like, Yep. Yep, this is, is the gender difference. It's not people
2: telling them to do those things. No. They
3: naturally gravitate to that. How would you even do that? Like, I would think that you would just end up doing it, uh, just slipping. I mean, like, you're you're going to so, so damage like, them. So, like, hair. Do, like, do you. How do you cut their hair? Like, yeah. if you, you cut
0: it You sh- ask them how they want it cut.
3: So, you, if, you, if you cut it short, then you're kind of pushing a more male. On them. And then, like, then do so you have two different
2: wardrobes, whether they want to dress as a boy that day or dress as a girl? Well, I guess Kate Hudson can do that, right?
1: She's got the cash. She's, She's got she the, the money maintain to maintain multiple bedrooms for their kids. So she can go yep. back and forth, whatever gender they're feeling like. I mean, I will say this. Maybe it's possible we're being a little uh, pessimistic um, as conservatives. Maybe we should tar- you know, understand our blessings when we have them. At least she had the kid. Yeah, Uh, which is kind of nice. At least she's actually around to raise the kid. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I mean, there's Mm -hmm. something there. I guess we could take the positive side of that as well.
0: Yeah, well, and to that point, you know, Pat, you mentioned where's CPS. Yeah. So at the same time that it's okay to do that to your child, it's also okay in New York to murder your child Mm. at nine months uh, in the womb.
2: Mm. Right up to birth. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Interesting how that dynamic happens. Uh, All right, Jason. Okay.
3: Venezuela, I guess. it actually—it actually is a big
0: deal. So, go ahead.
3: So, well, this—this is like—it's—it's—it's escalating, and I've been watching it, like you know, kind of minute by minute. But so, the last thing—so there's a couple of different things that could spark us actually getting involved militarily. Um, one of them is if Maduro, uh, the Venezuelan president, threatens our embassy. So the Trump administration came back and said, "Look, you can't tell our guy, you know, you can't tell our uh, embassy officials to leave because we don't recognize you. Mm-hmm. The only person who can do that is the is the president that we that we recognize. But Maduro has said, Get your guys out of here in seventy two hours. So the clock is ticking. I think we're on are we on the 24th or 48th hour? 48th. Maybe yeah, so we're getting close to that. So we just sent the non-essential embassy personnel out of there. So so they left as of today, I think just a few hours ago. But we're keeping our essential personnel there. We're saying, "No, nah, screw it. We're keeping them there." So then Maduro then has a has a choice to make. He either tries to do it by force or he tries to do it by just cutting off amenities, like cutting off electricity, cutting off gas. Doing things like that, not letting food, you know, uh, food deliveries get there. There's several things he can do to force the issue. The question is, how do we respond to that? Um, if he tries to do it by force, that's it's not going to be good for us because I, I, I just Basically a declaration of war, right? I mean, pretty pretty much. Yeah. And the, the, for the diplomatic pr- uh, people that are there, they don't have a whole lot of protection. There's uh, MS, there's marine security guards that are there, but th- that's not like a battalion of guys. That's probably around six dudes that are there to protect that embassy. That's it. Yeah. So all they're there to do is basically hold the fort until you know, another force can come. If another force can come, then it's game on. Yeah. You know, th- then a larger conflict is happening, has happened. Um, but if that does happen, then I would, I would assume that we'd pretty much go all in at that point. I mean, I that's the basis of the hostage crisis in Iran, basically. Yeah. You know, I mean,
1: that's essentially what happened there. And then, you remember how big of a deal that was. I mean, it was. Uh, it would uh, be interesting to see if we would actually commit to that. I think Trump would. I think, honestly, if, this, if they might. were to take those actions, I think he actually very well might go
3: full out uh, you know, military involvement in something like that. There was a Reuters exclusive that just broke about an hour ago that said they have now confirmed that Russian military contractors—this is like a real story—flew um, in very recently to protect Maduro. I don't know how far—and this is the same group. This is the Wagner contractor group. This is the same group that helped take Crimea and went into eastern Ukraine— they're also the same ones that you remember last year when we got into that big fight, and they said Russians died in that mm. fight between our forces. Right. Same contracting group. Mm. Um, U.S. intelligence pretty much considers them under the, you know, the Ministry of Defense, like fully integrated into it. It's just they just kind of provide plausible deniability between a little, you know, distance between the government. Um, so if they're there again, that's a little more of an escalation. This is escalating more than it's, you know, coming back down, and it's it's worrisome.
0: Mm. Um, I, just on the Venezuela topic i it 's amazing to me how people who are in favor of socialism are spinning what 's going on there right now with all of the uprising. I saw uh, from one source that they were they were fighting against the u s trying to get oil, and I saw another um, that was like it 's not that's not real socialism. Right. So that's have. their big one. it's right. yeah. not real socialism. If you
1: tweet about that, the socialists will always tweet back to you. Like, oh, instantly. They're like, yeah. it's they're amazing, amazing how fast. Got quite the web operation. Yeah, they do. Um, it, it's interesting. It's I think uh, this is important, I think, to Americans for multiple different reasons. I think, obviously, the, uh, the, the, the idea that a socialist country is deteriorating before our eyes, yet again, showing us how this thing ends every time, is really important for us to notice. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Bernie Sanders said uh, the American dream is more likely to be uh, fulfilled in, in um, Venezuela than it is here. Uh, this is years ago now, and I'm sure he's not saying it today. Uh, but, you know, this is, I think, an important lesson for us to look at and hear and, it's, and realize that it's amazing that all of this is going on as Socialism has, you know, started to shine here in America with the Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders and all the, you know, Tulsi Gabbard and all these people that are going to be running as essentially socialists in the Democratic primary. They're at their most popular while we're watching a socialist country burn into flames, burst into flames in Venezuela. I mean, it's so there's never been a more obvious time that socialism doesn't work than right this second. And of course, what is our country doing turning towards it? It's it's inexplicable.
0: Uh, So, earlier on this week, we talked about the whole, you know, Covington Catholic School, Nick Sandman, Nathan Phillips. Um, Jason, I know that you have some information on Nathan Phillips' actual uh, service record. But uh, just as an update, I remember asking Glenn, do you think that uh, Nick's family should sue the media And he said, I don't know, you know. So we talked about it. Well, it turns out that Nick Sandman is, in fact, suing the media. Mm. Uh, They hired this really high-powered attorney who has done this kind of thing in the past. I'm excited. I mean, I think he should have some sort of justice. He should have, have his day in court for this. Because there's no way that if you bring this to a court with all of the existing evidence, I mean, it's on video, There's no way. Even
2: after being disproven, though, through all of the video, if you watch the video, you see that the narrative is completely false. That is being pushed by um, by Phillips and and the media. And uh, so they deserve it because they're sticking to the same narrative by by blaming this poor kid. And th- those kids from Covington Catholic who did nothing wrong.
1: Absolutely nothing wrong. Look at the twin interviews by NBC where yes. Savannah Guthrie asks uh, the boy if there's anything he should apologize for and asks uh, the Native American, uh, will you forgive him? <laughs> For what? Gosh. He didn't do anything. We all watched the video. How is this still happening? It's you know, despicable. Uh, yeah, people have said it. This is a post-fact era. And it really is. And this mm-hmm. is a perfect example of it. We, like Literally, they just
3: don't even care that you can watch just the video ignore and prove it. the opposite. They don't care. Just yeah. The media needs a giant wake-up call. And I hope they do get sued. No, Me get too. they get taken mm-hmm. to the cleaners for it. Me because too. Because just this week, look what we've seen. I mean, just in a span of a week or a little over a week, we had the BuzzFeed story, mm-hmm. which was proven false. Mm-hmm. This came. You'd think they'd be like you know they'd be on their guard, but this story followed right on its heels. They never backed down on it. Then a slew of other stories about this that also were proven false, mm-hmm. like that NBC News story about the uh, what was it the gay valedictorian or whatever? Yep. Um, th- that was mis- That was very misleading. It's a different different school altogether, right? Right. Yeah. And and then today about the uh, Laguardia uh, air traffic controllers, which they said was a was part. Of, uh, you know, did y'all hear about that? No. Laguardia La- 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 had to cancel some flights because they said uh, the media was reporting because of the government shutdown. But it was because there was like, I don't know, people had the cold or something like that, and a few called in sick. had nothing to do with the government shutdown. But that's the way they were reporting it. It's just story after story after story, and they keep getting called on it. I mean, tr- Glenn talks about you know, a trust implosion. It's imploded. I mean, trust in the media is dead at this point. Yeah.
0: Um, all right. What else do we have? Oh,
3: my personal favorite
0: today. So a 10-year-old kid in Kentucky Uh, you know, they had the annual science fair. And he decided that he wanted to enter it. um, And he came up with a really interesting um, analysis on Tom Brady and whether or not um, he was a cheater. (laughs) So it turns out that this kid won the science fair. Look at this. This is so great. For those of you who are listening on, on podcast, so he's got his little science fair board and he's got pictures of Tom Brady. He's got Tom Brady crying this kid is my hero. Like, I love he her. really is an American hero. Um, but he, of course, was trying to scientifically prove that uh, deflate gate, you know, that oh, Tom Brady knew that, um, you know, a, a ball that was deflated would travel farther. So he and his mom and his sisters went out and threw the football and did, did the, the experiment with less air. And it turned out that his hypothesis was correct. So he actually did prove and won the science fair. <clears throat> Proving Tom Brady is, in fact, a cheater.
3: This is awesome. I love America.
0: Isn't this great? Mm-hmm.
3: Someone get Goodell on the phone right now. we oh, got to give him this data. I love this. And get cool. it. You know what? I'm, I'm going to get my kid on why Nick Saban is a cheater. That's what I'm going to get on. Nice. Nick's, I mean... Also. It, I it, wor- it worked here. It worked here. I'm pretty sure I can get my son to prove <laughs> that somehow. Somehow. I think I'm going to get it done. He's not, though.
0: <laughs> All right. We'll hide, uh, okay, so speaking of football, today's The Blaze Y. Uh, comes from, I believe that it is, yes, Raider 03. Eagle wanted to know, <laughs> Stu, as a fellow Eagles fan in Texas, how offensive is this beer called Eagle Tears, and the hashtag on the on the side of the can is "Philly sucks." Oh, I
2: love it! I love it! Jeez. That's awesome.
1: Would you
0: drink that beer, Stu? Uh,
1: no, I would not. <laughs> drink are you that triggered? Beer. I am very triggered, I'm very upset. Uh, I, I guarantee uh, you wouldn't be able to show the cans that the Eagles fans made about the Cowboys. That so I, will, uh, I am fine with that one.
0: That is uh, probably true. Uh, today's poll question: are are you surprised by Roger Stone's arrest this morning? <laughs> Let us know uh, at the Blaze's Twitter. That's at the Blaze. As Stu pointed out, it's just a miracle that he wasn't already yeah, in jail. I'm
1: amazed he lasted this long. <laughs> <Yeah>. I am.
0: <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you guys Monday.
3: Next <laughs> Go <Going> down. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>